The spot Bitcoin ETF applications will be decided by the SEC imminently, and there's a lot you need to know. Good morning. Happy New Year. You are listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph with me, Robert Bags, steering you through the crypto cosmos with daily dispatches from the digital frontier. If you want to make sure you are at the front of the pack in crypto this year, make sure you click that follow button. Okay, grab yourself a coffee. Let's get into it. The spot Bitcoin ETF applications are dominating the news at the moment, but that isn't the only story on the menu today. So here's a rundown. Vitalik Buterin lays out the Ethereum roadmap for 2024 and beyond. An analyst points to options data to suggest that ETF approval will not cause a market rally. SBF not receiving a second trial is called a miscarriage of justice. Bitcoin mining experts shared their predictions for what will happen after the halving event. And the JP Morgan CEO wanted crypto shut down but they're named as an AP in BlackRock's Spot Bitcoin ETF application. A good choice for the first story of the year is Ethereum's game plan for 2024, as revealed in a thread on X this weekend. Although there haven't been wholesale changes to the Ethereum roadmap from its 2023 version, it's worth knowing what the big moves are as they will come up throughout the year. I will link Buterin's tweet in the show notes as a reference because it had diagrams, flowcharts, and so on. Okay, so Ethereum has six areas of improvement. They are called the merge, the surge, the scourge, the verge, the purge, and the splurge. Yep, there's a theme. The merge is where Ethereum Ethereum moves from a proof-of-work consensus to the more efficient proof-of-stake. This is arguably the key area of the roadmap, and we saw it get underway back in September 2022. The next phase is primarily focused on single-slot finality, SSF, and as Buterin says, it's the easiest path to resolving a lot of the Ethereum proof-of-stake design's current weaknesses. Honestly, this is pretty techy. I live by Einstein's rule of, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. So if you want to know more about SSF, you're going to have to go down that rabbit hole alone for now. But the merge isn't the only thing Ethereum is focusing on. So for the other five elements, here's a TLDR. The surge is concerned with hitting the goal of 100,000 transactions per second, TPS, using rollups. The scourge is about tackling the criticisms of centralization in the Ethereum ecosystem. The verge is focused on improving the process of verifying blocks. The purge wants to simplify the protocol by removing dead weight from the network. And the splurge has the daunting goal of, and I quote, fix everything else. This area is mostly about improving the EVM, Ethereum Virtual Machine, and other related things. Okay, firstly, we need to start this story with the sliver of news Reuters reported over the weekend. They claim that the spot Bitcoin ETF applicants could be contacted about the approval of their application as early as today. If that is the case, we'll likely know and I'll cover it in tomorrow morning's episode. So there have been two pretty distinct camps when it comes to the approval of the spot Bitcoin ETF applications. Some have predicted it will send Bitcoin on a bull run that will hit anything from $100,000 to $1 million, depending on who you ask. The other side believes that the market has has already priced in the ETF application approval, and so we won't see much movement. Greeks.live, a platform for trading crypto options, believes it's more likely to be the latter. They believe that recent market data indicates there has been very little volatility in major term implied volatilities, IV, and prices. Greeks.live tweeted that, looking at the options data, 
January 12 options IV, which is strongly correlated to the ETF, fell rather than rose, and the block was almost untraded, accounting for only 2% of the day's turnover, a low level of share that is very rare. We can assume that the market has priced the ETF, and even if it succeeds, it may not result in greater returns. So this has divided many people. Although buy the rumor, sell the news has always been stellar advice, the ETF situation seems unusual and singular. Greeks.live put forward a well-supported case that those in the market Market have factored in the ETF's approval into their positions already, so the actual approval is immaterial. Though many others believe that the influx of new money into Bitcoin cannot be fully understood until the floodgates open. Which side of the fence are you on? Tweet us on at Cointelegraph or at RKBags. As we wait for the sentencing of Sam Bankman-Fried in March, where he faces a maximum sentence of 115 years in prison, a subplot to the story has opened up in the crypto community. And let me tell you, it's a conversation worth having. The United States Department of Justice has decided not to pursue a second trial against SPF, with a letter on the 29th of December stating that due to the strong public interest, the case required a prompt resolution of this matter. So why is this a problem? Well, the US government prosecuted SPF's fraud with FTX, where around around $8 billion of client funds were lost. While FTX was on the sharp ascent, SBF took loans from FTX's sister company, Alameda Research, and used the money to influence US governmental policies surrounding crypto regulations. Money influencing policy is an uncomfortable but not uncommon occurrence. In SBF's trial, he admitted to being a significant donor to both the Republicans and the Democrats ahead of the 2022 midterms. The total amount donated, according to court documents, was around $100 million. And now we're edging towards why this is a problem. With the 2024 presidential election on the horizon, candidates do not want the FTX and SBF stink anywhere near them, which many commenters are claiming is a motivator behind the decision to not have a second trial. As Simon Dixon puts it, the co-founder of Bank to the Future, the US government are prosecuting his fraud but dropping his political campaign finance violations. Coinbase's chief legal officer, Paul Gruel, called the announcement a miscarriage of justice and stated, the public interest in a public airing of charges almost always matters. Campaign finance charges are at the very top of this list. What politicians and others knew, what and when are critical questions that deserve answers. Crypto influencer Coin Bureau also tweeted, it's quite convenient that one of the charges they are dropping against SBF is the one of campaign finance violations. I wonder why. It really is hard to explain away $100 million of stolen funds being pumped into political candidates, particularly when the reasoning given is public interest. The campaign finance charges are very much public interest, and I have to just echo Paul Gruel here and say that there are critical questions that deserve answers. The Spot Bitcoin ETF approval and the Bitcoin halving event are the two key dates on all crypto people's calendars this year. Most are concerned with the ETF at the moment as we're mere days away from a decision, but the halving event is a big deal. The last halving was back in May 2020 and happens around every four years, with the next expected to be in April this year. When it happens, the block reward will fall to 3.125 Bitcoin. Halving the mining rewards is, naturally, a major concern to miners, so Gareth Jenkinson had a look at what miners are predicting as outcomes of this April halving event. The first prediction is an expected one, a focus on mining efficiency. Although most larger miners have been operating for some time with the halving in mind, it's still a concern. Taras Kuliak, founder of the Bitcoin mining infrastructure provider Sunnyside Digital, warned that unless Bitcoin's price increases dramatically, lower efficiency miners will just fall away. Price is indeed a key part of this equation. If the price isn't high, it's easy for mining to become a loss-making 
exciting venture for many. But as Adam Sullivan says, the CEO of Core Scientific, the Bitcoin network is self-healing and long-term. It will always incentivize mining to occur. Lux's head of research, Colin Harper, told Cointelegraph a similar story. He said, this is why the difficulty adjustment exists. If Bitcoin becomes unprofitable to mine for most miners, then they will turn off their rigs, hash rates will drop, the difficulty will follow suit, and then it becomes more profitable to mine for the miners who are left. Most of the predictions mining experts offer do not play into a narrative that is common around halving events. The Bitcoin is entering a death spiral, where we see a mass exodus of miners based on the lack of profitability in mining. One of the most illuminating comments I have seen around the halving event was last month, and it was by Blockstream CEO Adam Back. He said, mining profitability has more than doubled this year. So if it halves at the halving, they're still in a better position than in January. And the hash rate went up all throughout that period. So look, we know 2024 is a big year for Bitcoin and it's littered with seminal moments. So as everything plays out, mining is a part of the story that's worth keeping on top of. Finally, we've got the return of Jamie Dimon, CEO of JP Morgan. As you may remember from episodes a few weeks ago, Dimon told the Senate and Senator Elizabeth Warren, who is a stark opponent of crypto, that if he were in charge, he'd shut crypto down. There were many outraged cryptopians who highlighted various instances of hypocrisy, if not from Dimon directly, then from the company he is the CEO of. Well, anyone looking for more evidence that Dimon is asking people to do as he says, but not as he does, they needn't look far. Eric Balkanas, Bloomberg's ETF analyst, went through the updated and possibly final S1 form by BlackRock, which is the spot Bitcoin ETF application to the SEC. In it, the document now names its APs, authorised participants, which Balkanas pointed out they didn't have to do. An AP is an organisation that has the right to create and redeem shares of an ETF. And what would you know? One of these authorised participants is JP Morgan. The crypto lawyer John E. Deaton has gone straight in on Dimon, tweeting, How about that, Elizabeth Warren? Jamie Dimon's JP Morgan is involved with Bitcoin despite its only use case serving terrorists, drug cartels, and other criminals. Or maybe you and Jamie Dimon are simply gaslighting the American public. This comment also alludes to Dimon telling Congress that the only true use case for crypto is crime, a narrative that Warren has been aggressively pushing, particularly with the war in Gaza. As one commenter, Sonny Poe, wrote, Why is Jamie Dimon allowing JPM to participate in money laundering, tax evasion, criminal participation and drug trafficking? It really feels as if there's some cognitive dissonance going on at JP Morgan. They have had myriad involvements with crypto and Web3 in the last few years, and JP Morgan even recently launched its crypto token, JPM coin, on a private version of the Ethereum blockchain for its institutional client base. How is there such a disparity in what the CEO is saying in Senate and the actions the company is taking in reality? Right, that is the first episode of 2024. Consider yourself informed. Thank you for listening to the Rise in Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph. If you're enjoying these daily updates, please make sure you let us know by following, subscribing or leaving a review. Have a great day. Let's do this again tomorrow.